Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chugging Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual. Uh, we got a fierce podcast for you uh, to end your week here. Uh, Going to be talking about Mitski. Her album Puberty 2 just came out recently. It's sort of badass. Uh, invited Paul over, you know Paul. Invited uh, Maddie uh, Wolpo Gindi over. Uh, she's been on this podcast before. If you're in DC, you definitely know her. She is the ex uh, impresario of Above the Bayou, one of the proprietors there. A legendary house venue that is no more. Uh, rest in peace, poor little out. Uh, she also worked at the radio station before she graduated right here at uh, George Washington University. Uh, so, suffice to say, she knows her shit. And uh, to our uh, detriment, we didn't invite her down before now. But now now we have. And hopefully you'll be hearing from her a little bit more. So we got those two talking about Mitski. Uh, we're also going to be talking a little bit about the cell phone debate. A company uh, just, just launched, and it's in the show notes. You can read about it, uh, that is trying to uh, solve this, this age-old problem. Uh, or not really age-old, but the, the issue of cell phones at concerts. You know, the, the argument goes back and forth. Uh, this company about, about what the etiquette should be. I, for one, don't mind. Uh, I really don't give a shit. You paid your money. Uh, you do what you want at the show, within reason. And I think a cell phone is within reason. Uh, but bothers well, a lot of people. So this company has uh, has made like a little bag, and you can put your cell phone in. It gets locked up to the end of the show. Uh, raises a whole bunch of questions whole bunch of liability questions so we're going to be talking about that uh and we're going to be playing a new track from uh jamila woods now you you might not know who she is uh hopefully you do uh chicago-based african-american soul singer and a poet uh went to brown university um featured on sunday candy worked with chance the rapper you know him we've talked about him a lot here uh she has a new album coming out later this year called heaven and she just released her first track of that also called heaven uh, it sort of sort of hits on a little um, little classic classic tune, classic indie rock tune there. I'll see if you can pick it up when you listen to it. So, so that's your podcast for this week. Uh, nothing more, nothing less. So, without further ado, let's just get to it. Here you go. This is episode number one hundred ninety six of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, where we're reviewing the new album from Mitski, Puberty Two. Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Merely a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up and go next to That right there is a wonderful problem. Check on check check. check. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ready? Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for coming down to the basement today. Uh, we are uh, talking about an album that I, I mean, this is unavoidable. We were going to talk about it, right, Paul? Yep. And uh, so, but uh, you know, you heard our other panels here, uh, Maddie. I'm, I'm fucking going to mispronounce it. Wall pal. <laughs> Wall. Oh, well, Poe, you got Gindy, it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ex-proprietor of uh, Above the Bayou. 
Uh, thank you for coming over. Thanks for having me. And uh, but you're a Mitski fan, and that's why we were like, hey, you know, we, yes. we like to we like to stack these panels so that we don't sound like complete dipshits. <laughs> um, o- only like halfway there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we are eternally like halfway there on the dipshit scale. <laughs> uh, her new album, uh, Puberty Two, just came out. It is getting rave reviews across the board. Uh, it remains to be seen whether or not we're going to give it a rave review. But uh, before that. Um, I wanted to talk about a little thing that popped up in the news uh, this past week. Uh, in the Washington Post, and this has been in a couple different outlets, uh, the name of the article is Alicia Keys is done playing nice. Your phone is getting locked up at her shows now. And basically what this is, is, you know, we all have seen, and I don't know if you saw this at Above the Bayou, uh, Maddie, you know, people coming into shows with their cell phones. It is mm-hmm. it's 2016. It's how we experience stuff, like it or not. Uh, well, this company uh, decided that they were going to uh, make a little bag. I, I don't have the name of the company on me. Yon- not... Yonder. Yonder? Yeah. Yonder with no E. Right, no oh. E. Like oh. Tinder. Yonder. How, how lead speak. Oh, no, I think yes. Tinder is me. I don't know. All, 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 all things in Silicon Valley must delete a vowel. Yes. Right. Um, so <laughs> so uh, this company, basically, what it is, is it's, a, it's sort of a nylonish bag. Somewhat protective, and you you roll up to the club, and they say, "Okay, there's no phones here tonight." You put it in, and it locks. And then I guess is a geotag. Was that the thing? And it unlocks mm-hmm. when you leave the club. No, no. I think you have, you, to, you have to have them uh, like demagnetize. Yeah, it's demagnetized, yeah. right? Thing. Like so, you don't steal clothes at stores. That kind of thing. Oh, that, you know? that kind of thing. So, yeah, right. so it's just so it's just that technology around a bag, right? Or you got to demagnetize it so that you can unlock it and then get to your phone. So, you know, in What's our stance here in the room on cell phones at shows? Maddie? I think, you know, I hate policing people, like, to such a degree as I feel, you know, Alicia Keys is doing. But You had a lot of signs up. At, at a, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. But that's more like I'm putting it out there. I'm asking you and I'm expecting you to, yeah. you know, respect my rules. And I think a lot of artists have done that. Um, so I, I, you know, to answer the question... I think a little bit is accept- acceptable. Mm-hmm. I think you can take maybe a like maybe hold your phone up three times throughout the whole night. Um, I don't like when people have it on full brightness. If you're going to do it, turn your brightness down. Apple, yeah. you know, now you can even turn your brightness down even further um, on iPhones. And, uh, you know, just be res- respectful of the people yeah, around it's, you. It's, it's basic social norms. Right. Paul, what about totally. you? Totally. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I say basically the same thing in an ideal world. Unfortunately, uh, most people are assholes and they do asshole things. <laughs> right. Um, Mr. Cynical. <laughs> and I, look, I, I would prefer a show without people holding their phone up. However, right. I've definitely been in situations at shows where I've needed to have my phone out for, you know, contacting people who are late to the show. Right, but holding up a right. point, yeah. like, like I'm holding my phone up now. Yeah, right. the thing is the bag prevents you from doing legitimate mm-hmm. phone things right. in That's addition to the asshole yeah. phone things. So, so The worst is the iPad holder, the person oh, who holds okay. up their so that's, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> I know, but I, make I wonder... make an iPad bag? That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> the pa- bags that I saw were pretty small. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they make an iPad bag. They make just, uh, oops, I spilled my drink. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Alicia Keys is not playing nice. <laughs> no, and, and, and so, so to be fair, like the, the gist of this article uh, sort of tackled co- music concerts, live concerts, and comedy. Mm-hmm. And in comedy, you have a completely le- just different legit right. set of concerns. If you are a comedian, say at the Comedy Store in Los Angeles, and you are workshopping your set, and you don't 
want anybody to see these jokes, but you have like everybody in the front row. Basically, now you can live stream it on Facebook, yeah. uh, or you can live stream it on everything. Tumblr, you can live stream it on now, and um, that's that's a legitimate like reason I think to disallow it. Although you should just have it at the door, like you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, though I will point out that that kind of buried in the article is the fact that that was her justification as well. Right. Like, every it, so, every artist that's used it so far, and I'm not saying that it won't spread farther, but every artist that use, that's used this so far and we're getting has there. been we're getting working there. for new material. Yeah, so. and, and we're getting there. And so, uh, you know, given that these, you know, you can have these special shows where you're debuting new material and stuff, but the reality is, like, for me, like, my opinion of it is, like, yeah, I don't like it, but I also, like, have spent time in the pit. And people don't like us up there, and I'm right. doing a job, and and like so, I'm pretty like okay, you know, people are gonna people are gonna people, and if you're just dumb, and you're gonna hold it up all the time. The fact that you have to pay to go to a show mm-hmm. to me says, you know what, do what you want. You know, they, a club I think can have norms, and 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 honestly, Josh at Nine Thirty Club for stuff no filming and stuff, and they they're good about it now but he was the best uh would go through and find people he'd walk right through the crowd and be like you're gonna have to put that down and if he did it twice you were rejected like if that's what the artist requested you know it took diligence this is removing that responsibility away from the club in any means whatsoever and basically saying like you said you can't uh you can't text like your wife like if you're in the club and 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 your wife all of a sudden is like my water broke, which <laughs> could happen that that could happen to me in a few months yeah <laughs> and your so. phone is in a bag uh, you're not going to do that, and yeah. and you paid for that privilege. Right. So you know, I know Chris Richards is against this, and his his comment uh, was basically like, you know, I'm not for anything that isn't treating people like adults because it's not. Right. Um, totally. But I mean, we do have a little bit of a scourge, like you said. The iP- it's funny you said the iPad thing because <laughs> that is, uh, it. You know, I I saw somebody just driving down the street uh, over the past weekend. Like a bunch of tourists in town, and like yeah, there's a like a gaggle of people with selfie sticks mm-hmm. and just walking into shit. And I'm like, okay, but that's out in public, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But in a show, uh, you know, I don't. I, I I've taken pictures like to support this site. I don't know how much I can really like be down on somebody who's like, this is how I want to remember it. The argument is, is like, you know, shut up, dumb fucker, you know, and you, know, you just be in the moment. Well, some people can't be, and that. I mean, look, I, my my suggestion on this would just be if you're going to take extreme measures, and I do consider Yonder or whatever similar services mm-hmm. pop up in its wake to be extreme measures. Notify the ticket buyer at the point of purchase. Right. right. I think that's. I think that's the biggest thing. Like if mm-hmm. you, if you are notified at the point of purchase and you know that you're going to have this issue, you can make the choice before you spend the money on a ticket. But Alicia Keys ch- tickets aren't cheap, and if it is somebody no. who's dealing with, uh, you know, in an extreme situation, a right. the water might break situation. Yeah. Then their choice is going to be being totally irresponsible or turning around and eating the cost of the ticket. And that's not fair. At Just the, your at, dedication to sparkle motion, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this there you like, go. <laughs> but I, I, that's all it is. Just, you know, I, to me, that's what treating people like adults is. Let people have the choice of whether they value their phone or their show attendance more. And then it's all, and the artist has the full right to, you know, require so, so, these, so uh, these. Let's these go to the worst case scenario of this. 
Mm-hmm. Trump is president, and, <laughs> and, and this is now legislative that all concert venues have this bag. What does that do to the artist? Like, if you, if you are a fan of an artist, but they're like, you absolutely can't do this, and you have to put your phone in here. And let's say we had a rash of things where uh, people couldn't get the bag open. Mm-hmm. Or some something in the bags and some batch of the bags like interacted with the plastic and phones and melted them. <laughs> you know how do we how do we look at our artists in this uh, dystopian future of the the worst timeline? Uh, <laughs> in your in your darkest timeline, uh, it's going to come down to civil liability. Like no, that's... but but, but <laughs> no, it does come down to civil li- liability. But if if there is a notice going into the show, say maybe it's not. Uh, mandated but artists are like we're doing this do you stop going to see that artist not necessarily i think i think you just make a you make a call before you buy the ticket that's all it is honestly i'm not even interested in seeing big acts that would use that product sure you say that now right right i say that now (laughs) years from now you'd be like man that lumineers album is so great (laughs) (laughs) yeah i hope not um uh yeah I don't know. I probably wouldn't see most of them. Maybe if right. I really, I really wanted to. It, it's, it's bigger for me on the comedy side because right. you're absolutely yeah. wanting to see Louis C.K. workshopping new material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But that's also the, the place where it's the most justified for the reasons that you talked about totally. before. Because yeah. that stuff gets out on YouTube and there's been all, there have been all sorts of problems with comedians doing that because that's... Uh, you have to workshop material. That's the only way you know which jokes fly and which jokes don't, how the flow of your show goes and getting judged based on like grainy YouTube footage of an out of context joke is just, it's not fair and it's not good for the, it's not good for the comedian's art form. So definitely more justifiable. Yeah. And I mean, this gets into the whole, like what is the worth of anything? Yeah. It starts to, you know, um, in this age, when we can do that, you know, the the exclusivity of something is like, oh my god, you know. Um, it's funny because a, a, a comedian was cited, I think, in this article, but it might have been another article I read was Hannibal Burris. And if it weren't for somebody having their cell phone, maybe uh, Bill Cosby wouldn't be under the scrutiny he is now. Yeah. Right. So that's a case where it did a, a honestly a great public good. Right. I mean, I I think. I don't think that is going to happen super often, but no, no. Um, I mean, but I yeah, hope you're, not. <laughs> I know, but you're right. Uh, but back to what you said earlier, it like the clubs definitely have the capability to like crack down yes. on using phones. I went to the 9:30 club a year ago, and Father John Misty, um, he had this huge light installation mm-hmm. that just said no phones, yeah. right? And I think. People people listened. I think people really respected that. But, and if they didn't, then you felt the peer pressure around you. Like if you absolutely. had your phone up, you were like, "Oh my god, like I I can't do this anymore." But what about the artists then who who actually like will stop the show and right. tell somebody who 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 is a fan? I mean, yeah. they're not a fan if they're not there. Right. I mean, they might be in DC. We don't know. But in general, uh, they're not a fan if they're not there, and they paid money to see you. Like what? Mm-hmm. Like. Who are you, the artist, to tell somebody how to appreciate your art? I know that's probably a case of a frustrated, like angry moment yeah. if an artist like stops and calls out a fan because he's cause... he's grabbed people. Jeff Tweedy used to have famous yeah. rants. Nico Case just went off. Yeah, and uh, you know all people you wouldn't expect to like be. I would expect Father John Misty to go off. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but like now he's embracing it at Bonnaroo. He like got in the pit with the, right. the cameras and just like, oh hey, you know it's. Yeah, because that's because other people have started telling people off. So now he's got to be contrarian. Right. 
Asshole. <laughs> I, I think it's so interesting how like we've created this this like world that's run by technology and we like have all you know we're super connected and that like this whole new industry of technology and then uh like because of that we now have a whole another new industry that's like back to basics like right right like there was a, a fucking quote from the guy who who is in charge of yonder who was like, if you haven't experienced a show without phones, you just haven't lived. It's just amazing. I thought it was some like satirical, like millennial, like <laughs> article look up, when I read that. If we look up that. the age, like, yeah. I mean. He's pretty young. He's probably yeah, in his 30s. So, so, I, I, mean, I would that, say he's millennial. If you haven't experienced a show without phones, you're under 30. I know. <laughs> it was, he, was, he was like, he was like real life, just like, it's, there's something about real, real life. Is so real. Right. There's something about real life that like is just not able to be replicated. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah. Like, like, seriously, <laughs> is this just real life? Or I is mean, it, it just fantasy? I've got, I've got uh, the Google uh, Cardboard Box upstairs. Caught in the landslide? Yep. Yeah. No escape from reality. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, this, this is one of those things where, uh, you know, I think we've explored it to its fullest as far as we can. Right. That's one of those things that if you're listening and you have opinions, you should reach out to. I mean, mm-hmm. look, the cell phone thing is a hot button issue. It just, right. it just is. Um, I mean, and, and again, I will say, like, I, I had a guy and, and, you know, a couple of people have seen this guy. Cass McCombs show, the shot that is on our Twitter feed, if you look at that, uh, right after I took this, this guy. I mean, they're shooting for Cass McCombs and a guy grabbed me. And then wanted to start a fight. And oh then the black cat backstage stopped the fight. In the most, and, and Cass McCombs is just looking down and I was like, what's going on, bro? You know, I, it, people have to, I, I don't know, be aware they're in a public space mm-hmm. um, and just understand that you have to act a certain way. Right. I mean, the really far end of the spectrum is what we were talking about the safe spaces thing. Like that, you know, this, this, the phone thing is just sort of some trivial, whatever, you know, that is not trivial at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to see like clubs just be like, just like, it gets back to what we said on that one. Like, just don't be an asshole. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Human decency. Like, come on. (laughs) You paid for a ticket. Waiting around for it. Take (laughs) take one picture. Yeah. Yeah. Put your phone down. You mm-hmm. paid for a ticket, but remember, everybody else paid for one, too. You're all in the same space. Just be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And artists, be cool, too. <laughs> yeah. If somebody definitely raises cool. their camera and takes a couple of pictures, you don't need to freak out on them. Well, artists, take it out on the venue. If you told the right. venue that that under no circumstances is this allowed, and all of a sudden you see all these phones pop up, like, that's the venue's fault. Mm-hmm. Like and this isn't. I don't think this is a solution. I don't think like they really have a right to take it away from people. Or if they do, if you get to the door and somebody's like, "Here, you're gonna have to put it in a bag." You're like, "I don't want to do that." So refund my money. They are obligated to refund your money. Uh, But yeah, just get mad at the venue afterwards. Be like, "Why is your security suck?" I would say I don't. I don't think they're obligated to refund your money. Lawyers, (laughs) Lawyers, <laughs> lawyers see things like that. I, I'm morally obligated. Ah, okay. You know. Um. So yeah. So that's it. Reach out to us. Uh, it's uh, info at chunkyglasses.com or or paul at chunkyglasses.com. He'll answer all your questions. Oh yeah, I check that email address all the time. <laughs> you do, but uh, you guys ready to talk about some Mitski? Yeah.
name of that track is Happy. That is from uh, when Mitski's uh, second album, Puberty 2, and, and I am the asshole who can't take notes. F- fourth album. Fourth album. Fourth really? Album. Fourth album? Yeah, yeah, but second Second major physical. release. Can we say that? Second physical okay. record. Uh, what, is, what is Mitski's real name, Paul? Does anybody... Mitski. Mitski. Yeah, her first Mitski. name is Mitski. Mi- Miyawaka, I think. Miyawaka. Mi- I don't yeah, wanna, yeah, 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 close. I probably butchered that a not, little bit, but yeah, it's pretty not close. Effects, not a facts-based podcast. Um, <laughs> but, but Mitski is her first Mizawaka, name. That is a facts-based podcast. Right, yeah, yeah, that is yeah, facts. That is facts. Uh, on her last album, her last album, actually, uh, your friend Quinn introduced oh, yeah? us to on the uh, mid-year. We do oh. a mid-year thing, which we're, we're I think we're going to do this year again, where it's stuff that we missed. Mm-hmm. And Quinn came came around with uh, this uh, Bury Me at Mako Creek. Yeah. And I don't think any of us heard it. Oh, go Quinn. I think, and it was just like... <laughs> Fuck! Like this is this is good. Yeah. yeah. So so it came to our attention there. Uh, so I've been anticipating this one. Also, quality Simpsons reference. Quality. Yes, quality <laughs> Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, if you heard a little uh, '90s and then you're probably right. Yeah. Uh, you're thinking. Um. I uh. I've, I've seen a lot of press on this, and saying how like because of her the future of indie rock is female. I right. I, I I will say up front I don't think because of this album it is. Uh. It is. Where have you seen that? You always come up with some weird press no, blur. I, no, I no. agree. I think I, I've heard I'll, that. I'll send you the link. I've okay. heard that indie rock or like emo rock mm. in general. Um, yeah, yeah. Her as an artist and just like as a presence. Yeah. Which I, but, but the point in saying that is like, I don't know when, when people say stuff like that is, is that if that's like the question is like, you can't just say they're a musician instead of just like they're a female right. musician. Like there's, there's a good and a bad side to that. Will you agree to that, Paul? Yeah. Okay, um, you know that uh, because wasn't it just last month that we were talking about press clipping saying that like car seat headrest saved indie rock? Yeah, and yeah. Now you're saying it's, and now yeah, it's, no, it's bad journalism. It's, <laughs> but, 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 but it's actually, and I'll spoil this for you. Like I actually liked this album. I told you I didn't, but you know yeah. because I was like reading all the press about it while I was listening to it, yeah. and then I took a step back and listened to it. And you know what I find? You know this is deeply. If you, if you dig through this, you've got a lot of, uh, honestly, like Shirley Manson, people like Jenny Lewis, back in the Rilo Kylie days, all this stuff touching on like uh, late 90s, early uh, early 2000s, like indie rock, right. uh, that is, is like, for whatever reason, making a comeback. That's true, though. I honestly hear a lot of uh, uh, modern indie rockers, too, with uh, uh, St. Vincent, Torres, Jenny Haval. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of influence there, too. I think that she's running in those same circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she went to, I, I believe, SUNY Purchase. Like she yeah. start, I forget what she started school as, but she ended up doing like composition, right. stuff like that. And and so her earlier two albums were not as uh, pop-friendly, say, right. as this. They're, they're much more, they're like folk. They're like... Yeah, yeah, they're more folk. Yeah, which they're is which is like sort of what you expect from a you right. know this is this is a little bit DIY. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit uh, lo-fi, or at least it tries to be. Definitely bury right. me and make a creek. And, and there's a moment I get confused, and I I forget which song it is on this, but it ends the same way as a song of bury me and make a hmm. creek of just the tape running out. Oh yes, yeah. And if you listen to it, uh, and on this one, it's a burning hill. No, it's yeah, it's a burning hill. Yeah, and it just ends like that. Um, You know, I given that that's the last song on the album, that that makes some sense. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty 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 solid move on their part. Um, I I guess we'll start with uh, I don't know which one of you guys would have started on this. Isn't it? Or did I get that? I I also no. Burning Hill is the last yeah. song, but I think Crack Baby has a really long outro. Yeah, that, I, that's just like kind of fuzzy. Yeah, I don't know if that's what you're talking about. So 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 
Maddie, yes. what, what, what? What did I think? Yeah, yeah. Um, I loved it. I really did. I think she's like so much more dynamic on this uh-huh. record than Bury Me at Makeout Creek. Um, I can't help but compare the two because I, I, I loved Bury Me at Makeout Creek. Um, and it was so, it was such a strong album and such a strong like debut album and um, very emotional um, and, you know, quote unquote emo. Um, and this album has that too, but it's so much more measured and, um, like just like very carefully produced and carefully written mm-hmm. and it just like there are ups and downs and there's not as much like grit as she had on um on bury me at makeout creek but it she has just so much of the same like poetry and and really like dense feelings and pessimism but like content pessimism I, I, yeah and you know it's just like it's brutal but it's beautiful and it's I, I just, I love it. Um, the song we're going to play is like a perfect example of right, that. But, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that, that kind of hit the nail on the head. Bury Me at Makeout Creek, um, I really liked the album, but it's one of those ones that you listen to and it makes you sit up and say, this is good, but I really, really want to see what she does next because there were, there were some parts that were a little ill-formed that were really off the cuff, which is, you know, which is a quality right. in and of itself. And some people bury themselves in those off the cuff moments and keep making the same album again and again and repeating themselves and others refine them and do something different. And that's what this album was. It was a huge step forward. It was right. a, was it? I, I really think so. Like, I think that, <laughs> I mean, I, I think there's a, there's, there are, there are layers playing in this album mm-hmm. that were not there totally. and bury me at make okay. Creek, both sonically and lyrically. And that you can just you can dig into this one. It's definitely a development. I mean, I will give it that. But I think the sounds are to me are, are a lot of the same. I mean, it does hit on a very like specific '90s thing. I think she blows those out. I mean, the that single, the uh, "Your Best American Girl," might as well be a Smashing Pumpkins song, right? You know, and, and I, what people have written about that is like, oh, she's using the male tools of indie rock. I'm like, <laughs> no, that's just rock and roll. Like, yeah, you know, that's what music sounded like in the '90s. It's interesting to see her pulling from all this for me because. Uh, who's the, uh, do you think, Sh- do you think Shirley Manson is just shaking her head? Like, really? <laughs> well, no. And, and it's, it's funny because I, I don't know because I actually, and we won't say anything about this beyond this, but just watch the live and nine thirty thing and garbage was on there and it, I mean, it wasn't good, but Dude, garbage is still dope. <laughs> no, your album, the original album, listening to it now, that album is still dope. Garbage in 2016 might not be. I don't know. Are you hyped to Volume 3? Do you want to review it? I, I, I would review it. I think it's pretty solid. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Breaking news here. Um, but, uh, you know, people like I said, people like her, people like uh, Jenny Lewis a lot on this. And I, you know, was joking about Poe, but this comes up time and time again. This is a... Uh, an artist in 1995, she released an album. It said uh, the song "Hello," mm-hmm. a couple of hits from it. That when this came out, there was nothing like that on the radio. There just wasn't. By the way, we I I would venture to guess that we are the podcast that deep dives into the Poe discography the most because it's like <laughs> yeah. the third no, no, no. time we've done. No, it. no, no. But it's true because because what was going on back then? Uh, I don't know if Portishead was up and running, but they, I mean, there's there's yeah, like they, Portis, they, they were there's Portishead in this, but but what she did was pull that into a more pop, uh, pop sort of package and sold it, and it was on every fucking ass rock radio station in the world. But it was a good album, 
which was like very confusing and it's still a good album like you hear it now and you're like ah kids are just catching up to that sweet um you know i i found a lot of this like you have uh like say dan the dancer mm-hmm. uh could be a smith song yeah i think that's my least favorite actually yeah is it because you don't like the smiths or is it because <laughs> i'm a i'm like i'm not super into the smiths um i think her words get lost in this i think she gets kind of lost a i don't know lo- i think they get lost a lot yeah. in the album uh, every, every time i listen to that song partic- particularly oh, yeah, yeah, i, I yeah. kind of lose her it doesn't feel it doesn't feel as much of like a mitski song <laughs> as the, the rest yeah and from what i can tell that song's about a guy who's just like right sort of a lech is right. that is that the is that the gist yeah. I guess. <laughs> um, you know, but then you go down to, uh, like I said, your best American girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also didn't bring sure. it. Who's the text going to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, computer. Computer talking to you. Oh. Wait, who, who is named your best American girl in the... Uh... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Daria. <laughs> yes, it is Daria. Um, you know, uh, you know, we haven't mentioned Julianne Hatfield, which that has a lot to do with it. I mean, Belly's back. I mean, this could be a lot of what Belly was doing uh, back then. Um, on that song, it says, you don't approve of how my mother raised me, but I think I do. I mean, it, it's these weird personal touches, and that's, right. a, that's a song that's just full of bombast. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, this is a very quiet moment. Yeah, I mean, this album has a lot of the same themes as the rest of her music. It, it just is presented in such a different way. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's still that kind of isolation feeling or like anxiety or not feeling like you fit in, angst. That's why it's labeled as an emo record, you know. Is it, is it labeled how, as an emo record? Yeah, I think so. I, I would say that Mitski is labeled emo, emo punk rock. Okay. Yeah. She, she like, Bury Me at Makeout Creek, the first time I heard that, you know, I, I want to love that falls as fast as a body from a balcony. That's like the most emo lyric I've ever heard. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, oh my god, that's what this is. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think the track that st- stood out to all of us uh, is, uh, and, and I will, I will give this one uh, the emo mm-hmm. label. Um, Absolutely. And it's, it's, you know, I, I think a lot of the themes she's touching on, and we'll come back to this in a second, are not necessarily Mitski themes. They're like mm-hmm. indie rock themes, right? Or emo themes. Um, Sound Opinions just did a great podcast on uh, anxiety lyrics, and they're talking like hmm. uh, motion picture soundtrack or something. Motion City soundtrack. Motion City soundtrack. Wow, one of my favorites. If you ever want to talk. Oh really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they, he was talking about like the the guys. They played a song. Like I, I to, honestly, I've never like listened to them, mm-hmm. but they were talking about the guys playing uh, the songs, and they're like a lot of their lyrics deal with like stuff on the inside. I'm like, like all music, yeah, right? Like, right. Um, but this one is is I think an exceptional. Uh, example of stuff like that, I, and this totally. jumped out to me as one of the best tracks on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, "My Body's Made of Crushed Little Stars," and it's. Uh, would you say this is the lowest five point on the album? Yeah, um, I, yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, all right, let's go. "My Body's Made of Crushed Little Stars" by Nitsky.
my body is made of crushed little stars. That is, uh, that's that's power. Like yeah. I, I, I don't care if you're lo-fi, hi-fi. Right. I, I, I give a fuck if you write a good song, and that's a goddamn good song. Yeah, I think this song is like the essence of Mitski, and like if yeah, you if you don't get if you don't get this song, like you don't get her. I mean, it's like, and, and it's it's funny because. You know, Bury Me and Makeout Creek had so many more of these, like, screaming moments from her, like, most notably in Townie, which is the first song, and it starts halfway through the first song, and she's just screaming, and the first time I heard that, I really wasn't into it, because I didn't get her, and then I just, Mm -hmm. I kept listening to the album, and I, like, I, you know, fell into it, but it's interesting to me that this sort of, you know, same disposition, like, doesn't show up until the middle of the record, yeah, so I mean, I think this is a bigger record for her. I think yeah. anything is consciously a bigger record, and that's actually one of the things that I'll, I'll lay on it is that it doesn't feel it doesn't feel as personal as "Bury Me and Make a Creek." Mm-hmm. It feels like trying to prove a point on some of the songs, but the songs where she comes through, like on this song, and honestly, you know, uh, "A Loving Feeling," which was we might might be in the outro, like that. You know, all the talk about how great a writer she is. That song is like how right. great a writer she is. Yeah, because that you can play that for somebody and not on on honestly right now top forty radio and, mm-hmm. I, and be like what's this, and people will be like awesome that's what it is. Yeah. I don't care who it is, and then they'll eventually figure out it's her, and she'll sell out uh, Verizon Center instead of fucking Rock and Roll Hotel. Yeah, I don't think she's gonna sell at Verizon Center. Um, be surprised. I would be surprised. Um, <laughs> not because she's bad, but because she's too good for that. Um, right. the, she's too good for like 30,000 fans. Yeah. Like you have to, you have to, you don't get in front of 30,000 fans without making compromises. Right. And totally. the, this is an uncompromising album, I think. Totally. And I, I just, I, I guess I disagree with your, with one of your points there. Not that this is a bad song cause this is a great song, mm-hmm. but, um, I think it fits as the centerpiece of the album because, you know, from the title on, you're talking about puberty too. She's yeah. she's taking on themes of getting a little bit older, but having yep. to wrestle with some of those young adult questions. She's so, like 25? Yeah, yeah. So it wouldn't make sense to have a whole album of ragers around that theme right there because the point right. is that you're starting to moderate, starting to think about some more complex issues, having to balance like adult life with your impulses but you still have them come out right in the middle and this is that like cathartic moment in the middle of the album where she's just letting it all loose yeah i think it i think it really fits structurally yeah for sure i agree um what do you guys think of uh was it i bet on losing dogs i like that one i kind of i was like that's a good uh it's a good analogy it's a little right bit there. of a downer Oh, I mean, they're all downers. Yeah. I, I, I like downers. I don't think they are all downers. I mean, I because think they're mostly downers. Well, I mean, it depends. Like, and this is not a like take joy in other people's suffering and stuff. But I mean, her opening up on a lot of these songs that most explicitly I mean, that like you know is opening the vein. I mean, like, here, this is it. Um, is sharing, and this is what great songwriters do. We were talking off mic about Paul Simon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what great songwriters do is say something in a way that is so universal at, that you can't, you, you can't ignore it, first of all. Uh, but they've said it in a way you've never heard before. And, right. and then everybody has that feeling. And I think, I don't think this album is it, but I, I think a couple albums down the road, I think she's like, she's certainly a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Um I I mean 
Who else is writing like this in 2016? Well, I think there are other people writing like this. I think that they all just express Lucy? themselves with different styles. Lucy is, uh, I mean, she's car seat headrest. We were just talking about him a couple yeah, of weeks okay. ago. So, uh, so it's there, all the there, kids. I think there are plenty. I, like I think there are plenty of good writers out there right now. Yeah. It's that getting that whole package. I mean, I think that there are people who aren't making particularly good albums who are good lyricists. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't put it all together in a full package. It's right. when you get that confluence of the musicianship, the production, and the lyrics that yeah. uh, that you get something special like this. Right. It's all her and her producer. Yeah. That's doing everything. Like you just, you know, from seeing her multiple times and, and listening to her music and seeing her online presence, you like really get the feel that she is, you know, what she's about. And she is very meticulous, very driven, very pensive. Um, I read that she like, you know, you have um, people have photographic memories. She has like mm-hmm. that, but for emotions. So she like can put herself back into a moment in time and remember exactly how she was feeling. She's going to have a hell of an acting career. Right. <laughs> right. Like so she she's just like method. So it's yes. like she's like riddled with these emotions and these memories right. constantly and like you know Well, is is there any like I mean I haven't done the research required for this. I mean is are we talking about possible like mental illness or are we talking about I I don't I wouldn't go that far I'm not I don't think so I mean she she said this and I don't know what interview but she said this in an interview I think in Rolling Stone it's not um, too late to get her down here <laughs> try did, did she try. go into the Tesseract in Interstellar yeah <laughs> Christ <laughs> I don't know. It's not all interstellar, Paul. Yeah. And and she's so, she's so genuine and authentic and serious. And that's what I love because, you know, emo lyrics are a dime a dozen, but not with this sort of like ambition behind them or like, you know, there's something very unique to her, you know, type of. She's coming up with a new formula. Right. Like period. That's, Mm -hmm. that's, she's very, uh, unique i mean again we've we've done the deep dive on poe but it's a good it's a good uh marker post and uh very few people get there so uh so paul what are you gonna do with it are you gonna bypass your stream it's a strong buy for me is it very strong buy it? all right um maddie what about you wait what were the options <laughs> Buy you bypass or stream, or stream. And to oh, explain shoot. it because patrick I, you're you're I think I get it. Yeah. Right? Well, Patrick doesn't. <laughs> He's gonna be on the next podcast. <laughs> um, currently streaming, but we'll definitely buy. Okay, so it's a buy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is your recommendation. Oh, yeah. definitely. You know, this isn't what oh, you actually re- bought the oh, album. Oh, I thought yeah. this was if, what I'm yeah. doing. Oh, I. No, think you're looking at it. Are now what is it like? Fourteen listeners and going. <laughs> you guys buy. buy this or stream it or? Oh, you should buy it. Especially she. I mean, she came out of DIY. Yeah. Buy her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm going to join you. I'm going to buy it. Whoa. <laughs> nice. So we have we have a triple buy uh, for Mitski uh, Puberty 2. I'm also going to encourage like to go back and listen to her other her other catalog. Right. I, I think uh, this is somebody I hope we're talking about in the next few years. Yeah. And I hope it's not because she did like a dance remix album with Taylor Swift. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that, but uh, I would rather hear her voice develop. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, thank you guys for coming down. And uh, Mitski too, or Mi- puberty <laughs> too. That's the club. Or from Black.
Mitski, Puberty 2. Um, you know, kind of rocks. Hopefully we convinced you that it kind of rocks. You know, a lot of times, you know, we try to we try to keep it critical here and, uh, you know, try, try to think of ourselves as uh, not tastemakers, but at least uh, taste guiders. You know, we think a lot about what we, uh, what we talk about, whether or not we're going to talk about it. And, uh, but sometimes albums come along, and they have quite a few albums like this have come along this year, uh, where we're just talking about it basically. So on the off chance that you have not heard it and are exposed to it, that we are doing that for you. And then now you will rush out and, and indulge uh, that Mitski itch that we just caused you to have. You'll scratch it. Um, thanks again to Paul and Maddie for coming down. Uh, it's a good time. Good, good panel. I don't know. What would you guys think? Three of us talking together. That's a good combo. I know you like uh, myself, Eduardo, and Carrie, um, and even just me and Paul. So, yeah. So they'll be back. Uh, before we get out of here to this week, uh, since this is the last one of the week, actually. So before we get out of here this week, uh, we're going to play a track, like I said, up front from Jamila Woods. Um, you, know, you know, anybody who works with Chance, I think, at this point, their career is getting ready to take off. Uh, I mean, she is well revered, uh, certainly in Chicago. Uh, outside, you know, she's she's worked. She actually sang a song with Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, on "White Privilege 2. So, you know, uh, out there making shit happen, doing shit. Um, the only thing I really have to say about this track is that it sort of jams, and uh, Eduardo brought it to my attention. And uh, since he he typically is on the on the newer tip than I am, and uh, and he's always right. So, you know, thank Eduardo for this. Here you go. Uh, let's listen to some Jamila Woods of her upcoming album. The name of the album and the track are both heaven.
that was Heaven from Jamila Woods. Uh, if you liked it, yeah, the SoundCloud link's going to be in the show notes, but you know, go to SoundCloud. Keep, keep your eyes peeled. I have a feeling that we'll be talking about this one before the end of the year. I don't know why. I just, I just have a feeling. Seems like something we would do. Um, that's your podcast for this week. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you like what you hear, uh, go ahead and subscribe. You can do that. Uh, you can rate us if you like. You don't have to, but you know I like feedback. We all like feedback. Uh, no matter what kind of feedback you give us, uh, you can listen to us on iTunes. You can listen to us on Google Play. Stitcher, uh, not YouTube. You can't do that. <laughs> Mixcloud, not SoundCloud yet. Uh, also, uh, I wanted to bring up on this coming Monday, we're going to have – it's not really a, a 4th of July episode out, but it's going to be Diary of Planet. We're talking about their new album, to, Turn to Gold. It's a really fun conversation we had about that one. Uh, you know, it's always fun. We're just sitting down talking about the rock and roll. But uh, I've been a little busy and uh, accidentally produced a podcast with our good friend Marcus Dowling. The name of the podcast is Getting Over, uh, our first guest. Uh, I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to wait. But it's great. Right now, uh, if you go over to randomnerds.com, uh, you can uh, find a post on there that we'll also put in the show notes of Bryce sitting down with uh, myself and Marcus in this very basement. I was talking in this very microphone to talk about this thing that we did. Uh, I, I am super proud of it. It's going to be a season uh, of stuff, and uh, I'm super proud of Marcus for stepping up to this. And uh, thanks to Bryce for like giving us the opportunity to like sort of expand this little thing. So uh, that's coming on Tuesday the 5th. Uh, I will be tweeting out a lot of links to that, but uh, tune in. You are not going to want to miss the guest. And uh, it's somebody we've been trying to get on here for a long time, uh, but I'm really glad that Marcus got him uh, instead of us. So uh, that's coming. Name of the podcast is Getting Over. And that's your podcast for this week. Uh, we will see you hopefully out of the show. If not, uh, also, you might see our new photographer, Mauricio, out of the show. More info on that next week. Uh, and, um, and until then, you know, everybody have a good 4th of July. Be safe. Blow shit up, but don't blow yourself up. Uh, get out and see some live music. And as always, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Uh, we will say you. Ah, we will see you later. <laughs> 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 Kenobi!